every Wednesday on 101.8 WCRFM. Dr. Dark, 3 till 5 in the afternoon. Music and chat around disability arts, culture and society. A different kind of programme. Every Wednesday, 3 till 5 on 101.8 WCRFM. See, welcome to the show. I'm even playing a trailer that's wrong for my own show. There you go. Isn't that sad? The wrong trailer. It's three till four on a Wednesday and two till three on a Friday. In the studio with me, I have a couple of the biggest legends of the disability arts movement and culture. No laughing? Are you laughing at one another there? Or are you just thinking, (laughs) yes, that's That's me? We're just thinking we fill this room. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Even bigger than you, You Paul. mean the only room that's left after I've got in it? Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, they are the wife of Neil Webber. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I think is what we should refer to you as from now on. So that's Tanya Raab. Exactly. How are you? I'm fine. And we've got Penny Pepper as well. How are you? I am marvellous. You're marvellous. Make marvelous. up your mind. I'm I'm was, I thought you were going to say you're depressed then. No, I'm not depressed. Because you've been in my living room with your clothes off today. I have. You? I've been naked in your house. Naked in my house. but luckily, above board. Uh, but luckily for you, I wasn't in the room either. No. <laughs> the Clash not. of the Titans, that would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I was, you see. <laughs> you were. I were. I was. Uh, you I were. was. I was, in fact. <laughs> and so tell us, Tanya, what were you doing with a naked penny in my I back was, room? I was photographing Penny's beautiful body you're in, moving with into the porn. sunlight You're moving into porn, it. is that what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Disability porn. I knew you had it in your penny. Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the new project. And tell us about the new project. What's it called? The new project is called Revealing Culture Head On. And what's it about? It is going to be. It is about revealing um, disability culture mm. in art. Mm. How is it going to do that? How is it going to do that? It is <laughs> going to do that by. You're on the radio. I have to ask you I know, questions. By right? me, by me um, uh, portraying. Lots of new disabled cultural figures, mm. as well as doing research in um, two very high-profile mainstream art galleries, that mm-hmm. is Tate Modern and Tate Liverpool. And the work will be also looking at the disabled female figure. So when you say the research, explain the research, what are you going to do at the Tate Modern and Tate Liverpool? I'm actually going to seek out paintings and artworks that deal with um, disability from a cultural perspective. In those two galleries? In those two galleries. I'm hoping to... I'm kind of aiming to kind of look at three pieces and then do drawings and... Can we know what those three pieces are? No, I haven't found them yet. You haven't found them yet? No, I'm kind of, I've kind of highlighted a, a few. Paul Kossoff's The Wheelchair? Where's that one? Tate Liverpool. Uh, no. Oh, the the uh, the silver wheelchair. No, no, no. Oh. It's a painting. No, I'm... it's a painting of a bloke, uh, an old guy in a wheelchair. Is that on display now? Uh, I don't think that. Well, is. I've seen it two or three times there. It may not actually be on at the moment. No, because they've got these kind of. At the moment, they've got dwarf on a table holding yeah, a that's... box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is that just... might be the one that. Has... Which is just a, what's the word? A bit uh, crap. <laughs> but it still, you know, it still looks at disability from a cultural yeah, perspective. It's funny because we had, it did make us discuss it because we thought it should be under the table. Yeah. So yeah. that at least it made people make an effort and look. 
Yeah. Whereas because the, the dwarf's eye level is... Mm. Uh, but I'll be interested yeah. to find out more about that piece, you know, about the artist who made it and why he made it and all of that kind and of then, thing. And of course then there is the wheelchair. The and there is wheelchair the wheelchair. Who is it by? So, oh, no, no. It's on the front cover of Tom Shakespeare's somebody. Last, It's a woman. It's a woman. Yeah, a woman mm. made that piece. <laughs> well, there's, kind of, there's lots of strange little pieces in that gallery at the moment. Is there? But is it going to be their collection or what's on? Because a lot of stuff that's on it is not necessarily their well, collection. Well, that, that work that's in there on the three floors at the moment mm. is work which is taken from their collection. Right. And different artists have, like Wayne Hemingway has kind of created and one... Son. Yeah, one floor. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of delved into the archive, picked pieces that he kind of has Are made you a relation. Get to do that? No. No. Yeah. Crap, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in Tate Modern, I'm kind of looking at. At the moment, I'm looking at um, Matisse mm-hmm. piece, the snail by Matisse. Because of what reason? Is that disability? Because um, in his um, latter years, he made that piece um, with a support worker. Did he? So a support worker actually, he had to direct somebody to make, to create that piece. Right. So that's around that idea. Because he went blind? No. Well, no, didn't he become physically disabled? Physically. Oh. Mm, He was in a wheelchair. He was an old R3, wasn't he? I thought that was Renmore. It's all of them. (laughs) <laughs> that's what happens to old French people they just all develop arthritis and go around in wheelchairs and then there's another one it must be the benefit system um, out there Monet. In Victorian times. there's a Monet. Monet well you know we all know that Monet went blind so that's kind of a bit boring so I might not do that he's got a lovely is little grave is, behind the Eiffel Tower it's either, it's either arthritis or the other thing blind yes but you know What's am the other I thing? allowed to say it well if you say the technical term yes um, where people get up to naughty things and, oh. and they catch... Uh, oh, syphilis. Yes. yes. Oh, you, you said it. You can say syphilis. I can say syphilis, yes. But isn't that compulsory like... for all artists to die of syphilis? <laughs> well... If you, don't two, if you two don't die of syphilis, <laughs> I'm going to be terribly disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I'm not an artist, so Didn't I'm safe. Toulouse-Lautrec. Toulouse-Lautrec, yes. Anyway, so I'm going to be <laughs> I'm be looking at these pieces mm. and then and I'll, I'm going to set up with a, a sound recorder as well and get the um, public's views on these pieces in relation sh- in relation to a disability. And are they going to be put in one place for you to be able to do this, or no? No, just... I'll just be in the gallery, wherever that piece is on display. Right, right, excellent, excellent. And then hopefully, we'll actually start changing the world the way that the the um, world will start changing the world. Well, yeah, we'll start uh, changing. That the world. sounds good. We'll, we'll <laughs> start. We'll start trying to change the way that. Um, that the public can access these pieces of work mm-hmm. in terms of their databases, which are, are online. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, their online databases are all... If you just put disability in there, you come up, they come up with 18 pieces and they're all related to conditions. Mm-hmm. So they're all medicalised. Right. So we're kind of going to try and social model them. And the gallery are working with you on this? They are. That's Mm. excellent. Yeah. So that's the research. Right. And what's the timescale on the research? The research is... um, It's kind of research is three to four days, full days, in each gallery. And when are you doing this? I'm doing this over um, January, February, March, alongside 
the sittings, the live sittings of the ten cultural figures. Which So I'll be in a studio in Tate Modern mm. and then each one of these cultural figures will come along and I'll do their portrait and the public will also come in and see what's going on and join in if they want. And who are these cultural figures? Can you re- reel off the ten oh, for us? God, can I reel off the ten? Can I reel off the ten? Um, I have um, Gary Robson. Mm-hmm. One. That's one. <laughs> Do you know what? I can't... Um, reading them off is really hard. Uh, Sophie Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be here all day, couldn't we? Only eight ah! today. Only eight today. <laughs> I tell you, you ever think while well, I'll ask Penny a question? <laughs> so you're, you're modelling. Uh, so you, you were a na- nude model this morning. Yes, I was. Apart from the obvious question, was it chilly? <laughs> Which I know it wasn't because it was a very hot room. Yes. Uh, what, why, why did you want to do that? Um, well, I like working with Tanya, for a start. Mm-hmm. And I relate to much of what Tanya does in her work. Mm-hmm. And I always have done. In what sense? Which bits? Um, I think celebrating difference mm-hmm. and trying to explore the sort of aesthetics of um, the disabled body, mm-hmm. the impaired body. Mm-hmm. We're going to get technical. I'm all for getting technical. <laughs> um, and although I went on a really long journey uh, of discovering myself with that, so it's not as though I could have, I couldn't have done nude modelling as easily and as comfortably twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was now, it easy and comfortable today? Yes, very. But I actually don't really care mm. anymore about taking my clothes off. I why? really don't. Why? Um, do you know, in a way, I don't know exactly why. I don't think there's one answer. There's not a snap answer to that. Two or three will do. I think it's partly because I have an inner uh, sense, a stronger sense of who I am. Mm-hmm. I actually don't really care about what people think outside of my own circle. Mm-hmm. And they would all support me to mm. take my clothes off, mm. <laughs> and probably they'd yeah they'd love me for it, support me, and celebrate it with me. Mm. Um, and I've also come on that journey of defiance that my body was very um, negated in childhood, mm. in my teenage years, and um, very much framed within medical model. So I'm I feel like this is a, a great and enjoyable retaliation. Mm-hmm. from those times and it has you know it's been i've been lucky i have been lucky and my body's been uh seen and and valued by people close to me so why 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 is that lucky um, which bit's lucky the bit that's lucky is that's not the experience for all disabled people mm-hmm. because we have this imposed view placed on us which is so entrenched within his history if you like and uh you know cultural history um probably we were talking about this earlier when i when i was modeling with tanya that who can say at least probably two thousand years or more where there's there's this idea of a an aesthetic within the body that's set and standard and um, difference and variety um, is smoothed out. It becomes standardised. And, of course, a disabled body doesn't have that. 
Mm. It has it, it challenges that just by its very existence. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of us feel the weight of that. They feel the weight of that pressure to conform. I mean, people do anyway. We see it in the mainstream, after all, with people being pressurised to... Um, it, you know, e- even by tuning into that idea, you've got to have cosmetic surgery, you've got to get rid of this, you've got to change that, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So a, a disabled person in their impaired body um, has a, a tougher time. But personally, I feel lucky because... Um, Apart from my earlier years, my body's actually been valued by people I've been close to, mm. husbands and so on. Mm. So <laughs> why did you want, why, why, why do you like painting the nude? We'll forgive you for your sniffles because you've got a cold, haven't Yeah, you? sorry. Is I'm that, a bit grunty. Uh, no, don't. Uh, it's the loads of grunts <laughs> I, there. I don't mind the grunts. <laughs> yeah, that is a grunt. But that's the price I pay for only ever asking you on the show when I know you've got a cold. I don't know. Uh, so what, what's the attraction for the nude disabled body for you as part of revealing culture? Well... I mean, my work's always had a centre around the female nude, which mm-hmm. was um, usually my my own, and um, and throughout throughout my art and uh, my artistic career, um, several nudes that I've created <laughs> have been banned <laughs> from from the public being able to see them. You know, because the because the the female or or the male um, member disabled nude mm-hmm. is um, is is revolting. You know, it's revulsed. It's repulsed. Repulsed. That's the by word. the public at large. But it's repulsed, and it's not. You know, I mean, you see so many so many paintings of the nude. Mm-hmm. You know, in these in, in any gallery that you want to go in, and you know they're not necessarily you know the perfect body so no. why is why is mm. the, the disabled female figure mm. or the disabled nude figure so how is so, it so so disgusting so how is it not freaky voyeurism how is it not how do you overcome the tendency of the public to perhaps interpret uh, portraits of disabled people particularly naked ones as kind of a freaky voyeurism well, by treating the, you know, from from an artistic point of view, from a painterly point of view, by making those portraits, you know, about those people, you know, they're they're they're, they're not just about the the nakedness, but the nakedness comes with a story, the nude, mm. you know, in terms of an historical value. So, how do you put the story on it? The story, if you just see, I mean. I am actually recording people um, talking about their own nudity and about their representation of their of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And within this piece, which is actually going to be called Revolve, there's going to be um, four disabled nude figures in this structure, which you could probably tell us more about because you're you're making. Well, you're not making it I'm personally. I'm paying for it. <laughs> no, revo- the, the the actual uh, machine, as I like to call it, that's not a machine. Is it's like it's three giant cubes with four sided, so that makes it a cubey box uh, on top of one another, and they they move round. Yeah, so you'll be able to twit. You'll be able to change. The... So you'll have the head of one, the middle of another one, and the feet of another different yeah. one all together, 
and it'll move around and you can sort of change the elements of it. That's right. And uh, to explore different issues. But it's exploring it from, you know, on many different levels because then we're also developing a soundtrack to go in there. A soundtrack. A soundtrack. (laughs) Sound bites, which is kind of almost... I kind of want that almost to be quite... Quite insignificant, if you like. I don't want it to kind of dominate mm-hmm. the actual paintings and the swivelly action that you can actually interact with the with these female forms. So you mm-hmm. can make them kind of look very odd, mm. or you can line the, you know, match the right bits to the right bits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and create something which looks perfect. And so this new piece called Revolve, what's it called? Revolve. Revolve. Uh, and, and, the, and the research, what, what, what are you trying to achieve long term with that? What are we trying to achieve? We're just trying to achieve, we're trying to um, challenge and, and um, find, find, trying to find ways in to, into mainstream art for looking at disability culture you know because it's in there mm. it's just that it's it, it isn't it isn't um related to mm-hmm. from a social model perspective so it's really it's, it's only it's related to from a from a medical perspective and we're trying to break that down i mean look we're in the 21st century you know, we, you yeah, know. but the galleries are in the nineteenth century, <laughs> and how are you going to achieve that degree of time travel for people who have a Victorian mentality? But it's a, it's it's more of a you know it it's a start in the right direction. Mm, it's a start. It's a start. It's a start. And how have you found galleries' reaction to the work? Are they are they gagging at the bit to? Uh... Well, do you know what Tate Modern and Tate Liverpool have been very open-minded and very open to having me come in and, and create this this um, artwork and research with them. Mm-hmm. But I have found other galleries... Um, who shall remain nameless. Who shall Just in remain. case you might work with them in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who have not been so um, open-minded and open to looking at something which is a little bit different. So we just kind of hope... That if the big boys take it on, then why can't the little boys? The little girls. Or the little girls. Because they are all little girls, tend yeah. to be running these, these galleries. I mean, Tate Modern is, the, you know, one of the, one of the most prestigious, prestigious. prestigious galleries in the world. The world, my dear. Yeah, I know. And if they can. And it, you're in it. I know. And if they can, <laughs> if they can be open-minded enough to kind of look at this, mm. then why can't the others? And why do you think the others are a bit... Uh, Reluctant, inhibited. Well, because they've got their own, you know, they've got they've got these, uh, you know, these small-minded c- criteria that they run their galleries mm. from, and it doesn't include disability. Just doesn't um, register on the Richter scale. Mm. Mm. You know, it's something that's participatory, mm. and that's it. Mm. Mm. And you know, then and they need to kind of grow up a little bit because we're, you know, we're here to stay. We've always been here. And you know, so are part, these part these are, of the rest of the world? Are these other galleries, the smaller galleries, still in the kind of art therapy, basket weaving mode? That's what disability art is to them. Do you think? Well, they they they're frightened of disability art. 
Yeah. If you, do if they you, have? Do they even read? They don't register it in any context, then, in a way. Not really. No. Mm. No. I mean, they bus. You know, they get people. You know, disabled people are are going into you know the other galleries. Yeah. But they're just kind of not. They're only seeing it on one level. Yeah. yeah. Which is where you would go in to look at work just the same as anybody else mm. but then but then if they if you know if people are going in to look at this work then why haven't they got a context to mm. relate to yeah well but equally that's probably true of galleries always it's always been about like, let's get let's get the plebs in and educate them into the true value of art and they've done that to the working class yeah. without mm. ever really engaging with them and so yeah. it's quite illogical it would be illogical for them to suddenly think well, let's get disabled people in and try and engage them on something that's of their their culture and their level and their kind of uh, symbolism. Mm. When well, they've not done that with anybody ever. Yeah, no. Yeah, you yeah. know, the galleries, if they could, they'd rather lock their doors and level at any pleb in if they possibly could. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and just have a few middle class people in every now yeah. and then saying, oh, "Isn't that wonderful?" Yeah. That's how they'd like to work. But I think there is a dangerous trend, is there not, perhaps, that they are going to start exploiting disabled people big time that won't help disabled artists in that they think they can now make money out of disabled people. They probably do. They probably will. And yeah. I think that they'll be thinking, well, I can get a Heritage La Grant for my yeah. gallery. I can get an Arts Council grant to do work with these Brave handicapped souls. Yes. Not that they're all Scottish, but uh, <laughs> that was a dreadful <laughs> Scottish accent. Well, it wasn't really Scottish. What was that? I'm not actually sure. <laughs> I thought I think I was overcome by the dead spirit of Robert the Bruce and some <laughs> Irish uh, shop corner owner. So anyway, <laughs> so but, pe- but, but I mean, with the last collection, you know, the the um, the Who's Who collection, you know, that was a, you know, that was the start of of kind of developing that a beautiful relationship yeah de- and developing that idea of of the disabled portrait mm. and have you remembered any more of the two of the ten? Oh god yeah sir bert massey sir bert massey wow. bertie bertie oh uh, we can't sir, say what uh, gmcdp always called it baroness but. jane campbell jane jane sir Je- sir william lawrence william yeah. willie william. willie lawrence willie lawrence they're all um, familiar names to us, aren't they, Penny? Just say yes. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> um, who else? Some there are, is some um, Michelle Taylor. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Um, Michelle, is it, Michelle? Um, so, uh, Simone Aspis. See, it's all coming back to you now. That's the ten. That's the ten. But there is one that I haven't got because there's going to be ten. Yeah. But there's one which is going to be the people's choice. The people's Ooh. choice. The people's choice. Is there a vote? There's going to be a like vote. The X Factor. Yeah. So there is going to be a voting process. Is there on the website? I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. I'm going to. Um, I've got a few people that I need to talk to. And about you'll come and announce it on this show, I hope. Yeah. Even and, if it's by phone. And I'm hoping, hoping um, that um, that that uh, portrait will be kind of that live portrait will happen in Tate Liverpool. And have you approached Gordon Brown? No. As our most famous disabled person. <laughs> no. But if you want to vote for him... He's going to end up in a sense home, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it'll pro- there'll probably be a voting thing on the website and I've got blogs and... So who know, might these people's choice be? Mm. Uh, who knows? 
I don't tanny. know. Tanny. Be... tanny. Tanny. Oh, I love Tanny. Tanny. Could be I a sports tanny. person, yeah, Tanny. Absolutely. Make Stephen it... Hawking. Let's just Is tanny. he still alive? Well, he, say, yes, he, he is, but it's only just. He probably won't last the length of time. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, you see, there's... <laughs> she paints slow. He'll be dead long before she paints. <laughs> I do not paint slow. <laughs> only because you're waiting for yours. Uh, it's not mine, it's Justin's. It's of Justin. It's My commission of you, of Justin. <laughs> uh, right, so Penny. Yes. You're going to read us a poem. I will read you... To set the scene. What? I don't know what for, but it's going to set the scene. <laughs> Do you want the half a poem? I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I should turn Tony's microphone off. What, so, so she, she doesn't snort? So she can have a sniff. Yeah. <laughs> Over, it's off, you're not listening to you anymore. You you know. Do you want the half a poem or the full poem? I or think, both? well, let's go for the uh, full poem. <laughs> the full poem? With. We could end with the half poem. Yeah, because the half poem relates to Tanya's uh, project Does and it? my posing. Oh, well, let's do that I'll one. I'll do then. that when let's... it's just, it was a work in progress. Right, it's a work in progress. Tell and us what it's called it's and then called read it. It's called Penny Now is Nude, and it's a villanelle for all the poetic. Say uh, the title again, and that, Penny... while I'm not talking, so that I can cut it out and give it to you and put it on our website. Right, it's called um, Penny Now is Nude, and it is missing the last two verses. Couldn't quite get there in time for today, but at least it's very fresh. I'm sure as I can be that Penny now is nude, disrobed, unclothed, with trimming here and there, hiding nothing much and not the blushing prudes. I am not here with thoughts gone ripe and lewd, but proudly showing me, I will declare. I'm sure as I can be that Penny now is nude. The curve and cut of me, you disapprove? My flesh is not an average shape to bear, hiding nothing much and not the blushing prudes. My corners and my creases may be perused by lovers soft and the cold curious who stare, because I'm sure as I can be that Penny now is nude. I'm Jim Duncan on Thursday evenings. It's a very special show from 8 through till 10 on 101.8 WCRFM. It is country music. Your kind of music. Join me for the very best from Keith Urban and Brad Paisley. Now learn your trust making memories of us. Kenny Chesney. Right right the way through to George Jones, Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. There'll be bluegrass, there'll be Cajun, old time and old country. We'll bring you all the club dates where you can see live music, all the news of the festivals, and we'll tell you about all the major shows. Be with me every Thursday evening. My name's Jim Duncan, and I look forward to your company. Thursday evenings, 8 till 10, 101.8 WCR-FM. Like that. There's an awful lot more where that came from on WCRFM 101.8, the voice of Wolverhampton, every Saturday, 11 o'clock through midnight till 1 o'clock on Mike Hardacre's Milestones. In the studio with me, I have Tanya Rob Webber and Penny Pepper. Pepper and Webber. So, uh, Penny. Yes. You've written a film script. Yes, I've written lots of films. For Magic Hour. Yes. 
And your, your husband's going to apply to Magic Hour, isn't he? He is, yeah. So you're going to be in direct competition. I know. I think we should do a way. Harry Hill. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> you and Neil. <laughs> Where's the knitted character? That's what I want to know. <laughs> have you ever seen it on television? I have, yeah. Have you? I did. I saw it on Saturday. <laughs> and it was on... What, um, Harry Hill? Yeah. No, the, um, the knitted character yeah. was on Ant and Dex's desk in mm. I'm a Celebrity. Oh, on yeah. Saturday, <laughs> sitting in a tin, and I spotted it. <laughs> and so you want to be because because you acted in uh, one of the Magic Hour films last, last year, year, didn't you? I did you? very briefly. I was an extra, uh, but you were yeah. more than an extra. You actually had a speaking line. Yes, I think, and I you did. didn't get a credit. No, oh, I think that I've was disgusting. Need to be Catherine Sue up. the director. Yes, <laughs> sue the director. Take it for all she's worth. I will. That you didn't um, get that chicken book. Do you remember what your line was? Pop, was it something like "We love you, Gem" yes. or something? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. I was deeply moved. I yeah, could see you have done a yeah. lot of method acting. Clinging there. to the rails, Absolutely. going "We love you, Gem," and are you going to take your? You talk? mean that wasn't a special effect? That uh, fence? No, that was real. <laughs> that was a real at one. The real royal courts of justice, <laughs> which was not. An effect either. We really were there. Because, in fact, it was screened in Wolverhampton last week to a fantastic audience of three people. (laughs) Shame. The disabled people of Wolverhampton are absolutely rubbish. (laughs) If you're listening, get out there and support your local event. Absolutely. Uh, And so what what makes you want to uh, write and direct one this year? Well, you know, a lot of people don't know this. But, so tell us. But <laughs> I actually wrote my first film script when I was 20 yeah. in the mists of time. Um, and uh, I wanted to go to the National Film School, which in those days, I believe, was at Beaconsfield. It still is. Is it? It is. I wonder, is it accessible now, Paul? Now it is a magnificently new, glorious complex. And is it In those accessible? days, it was used to be a bit of a... Oldie-worldie yeah. pile, because they laughed, should yeah. we say. Um, me and my friend, Kay, who was my flatmate, we were both disabled women, um, we, we rang them up in a sort of naive... 20 year old disabled you know woman way um having not really lived a lot and 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 had not much experience in the ways of the world Mm. and so they just they really did treat us like complete and utter aliens Uh, what on earth were we thinking of what were we doing there was no there was no process whatsoever by which we could apply to go to film school as wheelchair users well i think it's blah, different blah, blah, blah. now to be fair to the now it's different brilliant but, but that and i actually made a film when mm. i was 17 on a super eight is it something we can talk about oh yeah no it, was my <laughs> it is i was very innocent then paul very oh, incredibly innocent. i was very innocent this is before you started flashing your boobs in my rooms wasn't it? Uh, yes it was <laughs> and, and, and elsewhere it was before i discovered and that, what was that, that film about when you were 17 um it was actually made with my brothers and sisters and their mates and mm. it was a kind of <laughs> very strange little horror movie and it was partly they were all about 12 10 so that they enjoyed all the larking about pretending to be zombies mm. unfortunately i don't have it it's such a shame lost in the t- it is but you see i i i loved it then i made quite a few movies then on super 8 and just super events, 8 eh? yeah little handheld camera people under 40 would never clue I know. what super 8 <laughs> I is i know it's scary isn't it? 
it's really scary so i did all that and then i i always had an interest i've always been an absolute movie buff mm. i um i kind of lived in one room for eight years um in, as is true of so many disabled yeah people. in the downstairs of course, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> where everyone else went well upstairs those that and... <laughs> lived upstairs of course never even got to see the outside <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i couldn't get out of my front door and you had to pee in a pocket <laughs> <laughs> you've got to say that carefully on radio all right <laughs> i um i couldn't get out the front door so i actually did live in one room downstairs for approximately eight years and had little ventures out but i was an, a telly addict um, and particularly film addict so that's always been with me mm. um, and I would say on and off I, I, I've sort of drifted in and out of thinking can I write film what do I do about it about seven years ago I did get an arts council grant hurrah and I had mentoring and tutoring in writing screenplays mm-hmm. so that's what I did um, with uh, the lovely Zara, who um, is uh, a lecturer at, oh, I think it was Middlesex Uni. She runs the MA programme. We're going to give her a surname or not? I can't remember. <laughs> really embarrassingly. <laughs> She's a filmmaker. Is she? She's Waldebeck. Waldebeck? Zara Waldebeck. Zara Waldebeck. Um, yeah, and she took me through understanding film language film structure mm-hmm. the structure of writing scripts i find it very interesting but you went off and wrote a novel instead no but i was doing that at the same time yeah i've written three novels paul none are published uh, we had you pl- where'd you plea for uh, a literary you know, agent no but you time. know you know that basically i've realized this now hurtling towards the unmentionable age um that basically I just love language. I love I love telling stories, and I want to tell stories with a disability context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. Right. So I will use whatever I've got, even my breasts. So <laughs> to hey, do that. Thanks for that. Thought. Yeah. That's what we needed. <laughs> Help, uh, involved in Tanya's great project, but uh, you know. So on that on that note, because I know it's been in the press a lot recently, and it was on television last night. <laughs> I didn't mean your breasts, obviously. Well, I did uh, wonder that. I Paul. meant uh, obviously cast-offs, yes. which was on Channel Four last night. And I know all my listeners will have watched it or going to watch it. And I know Tiny can't enter the debate because she was too tired to stay up last <laughs> night. She should have known she was coming on the radio today. I'm in bed at ten o'clock. That's what time they put a bed in the day centre. Yeah. And so, what uh, what did you think of cast-offs last night? I was quite disappointed. Be honest now, I don't I want you holding back. I was disappointed. Was you? Yeah. Why? Surely you didn't expect it to be anything other than it was. It's had such a big press. Mm. I, I know or have, uh, you know, awareness of probably all the actors in it. That's <laughs> That's quite difficult. In a way that, you know, I know a couple of them. So you don't want to come um, out right and say it was rubbish because you know all the people who are involved. Well, you know, I know Matt. But of actually, course, you do think it was rubbish. I do, I do think it was. <laughs> no, I do think it was rubbish. I'm quite happy to say it as a, a piece that um, had so much expectation. But I don't, I don't think it's for disabled people. Why was it rubbish? I think it was very slow, and I also felt it was clichéd and unrealistic. Mm-hmm. In Is what that... <laughs> way? Which bits was unrealistic? The the struck the well the premise I think is quite unrealistic mm-hmm. that they're the premise... stranded on a desert island, which I believe was off the coast of Dorset, but Norfolk. 
was it Norfolk? It was Norfolk. <laughs> oh, really? close to Norfolk. That's what I heard. Oh, that's funny. I heard it was a Dorset sandpit, but no, anyway. I, th- I think the, the, the I Norfolk think, sandpit. I think Matt Fraser said somewhere in a conversation a long time ago that it was Norfolk. Oh. But perhaps they did both. They might have. Because that could be the difference. Yes. I think a lot of the inland scenes could be... Dorset. Dorset <laughs> on the island. Yeah. And the beach bits could be Norfolk. Because uh, Norfolk, they were very they always long, do that. sandy beaches. They were, weren't they? they? Like North Sea beaches. Yeah, and they're very words. much more like Norfolk coast yes. than, say, Dorset. I agree. Well, did the sea look different? Yeah. Well, there no, were well, big, Dorset has shingle beaches by and large. No, but there's, there's, a, di- there's a different colour tone to the sea. Maybe to you. Maybe well, to an you artist to... might see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you when I've watched it. Of us that, I, I, I go I on the basis of the smell of the sea. <laughs> the smell of the well, sea. Well, you hated the sea anyway. I've been to Norfolk. I love the sea as long as I'm I've not in I've been to it. Norfolk and Dorset a lot. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right to some extent. But I think your average viewer... <laughs> Would not know the difference. I like to think of Norfolk as a desert, desolate island, anyway, <laughs> as it but soon will be. I think. Oh, I don't know. I, I feel biased for many in many ways. I also feel the frustration that, as a writer, mm-hmm. trying to write films, and I've tried, I've, but also I've submitted uh, several things to Channel Four. But given the moral bankruptcy of Channel Four and the people in control of disability programming there. <laughs> It, it, it really wasn't going to be anything other than it was. I suppose, yeah. I don't. I didn't really have much expectation, um, other than noticing it in other people. I've noticed there was an expectation. And given that this is the product after twenty-five years of Channel Four, that, <laughs> that, that is a real tragedy, isn't it? Yeah. I, it I, is. I mean, a staggering tragedy. Well, and you say I'm going to watch it with tainted eyes now. I'm thinking, think, the fact oh, my God, I'm watching something that's really boring. Some, some places have said it's a searing satire. Yeah, and but you've got like it on video. That. You'll be able to speed through it, is it? Haven't they? They've called it a searing satire and cutting well, edge. It's and a searing that. satire on Channel 4's ability to make anything quality. I just, I just felt that if you'd taken, if you take out the disability context, mm. I think it would have been universally... Slammed. Slam, slated, yes. Slam, slated, condemned, <laughs> yeah. not even shown. And I think it's very interesting because I think Channel 4 have tried to make out that it's on such a late slot because it's challenging. Well, in fact, I think Channel 4 are fully aware that, in fact, it's just rubbish. And that's why it's on late, so they don't get too much stick for it. It will upset some people because any, anything that's got swearing or a bit of sex in it or... You know, especially by disabled people, is upset, yeah. unsettling to yes, uh, yes. the kind of it's people who give money to learn the Cheshire. Yeah. Well, there you go. You see, it's a bit like our nude portraits. Yeah. You know, absolutely. But it is sadly okay. both involve m- m- bits of Matt Fraser that I would rather he hid. It's, it's, <laughs> I felt that it was quite old, old, old-fashioned. It was, it was quite. Mm. It had a, a dated feel. Mm. That might be because I've written about sex, mm. as if you know. And if the world knows that, <laughs> that I've written about well, sex. Isn't that but, intre- but, uh, but isn't that true, though? Because it is interesting, like, you know, that this is kind of like it's disabled people, you know, having, doing, talking about sex. Who really thinks that that doesn't happen? You know, is, there are, are people who are think Are there it a doesn't? group in society who I think, think so. disabled people, you know, if you've got even large residential institutions now have policies on getting residents prostitutes. Yeah, you know, even that kind of and uh, sex toys, yeah. you know, human uh, rights. Yeah, but it's abuse. still behind closed doors. Things are behind closed doors. Oh aren't yeah, they? No, I think you know that I mean? when it's when it's when people are made to confront it a certain way, then then that's different. 
when they're made to confront it in within their own lives or their own context of their own experience, I think that still scares them and makes them uncomfortable. And is it about sex or is it about making love? I don't know. In, in the no program, no. So far, nothing really. No. Uh, nothing. Uh, you, know. you know, is it about relationships or is it just like what the program? I think it because yeah. because it, it's six hours. Six hours? Yes. Mm. So the six, six programmes? The six characters and there's six one-hour episodes. Oh, right, so it's a bit like Lost then. Uh, except without the wit, charm or intelligence. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so far on one episode, yeah. <coughs> I am have... told it gets better yeah. by someone who I do respect. Well, let's uh, wait and I see do then, think eh? that it seemed to me they started with the weakest character, so we can maybe give it a slight grain of... Well, you know that Hope. we'll watch it all because we're in the business. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. we're in the we'll business. suffer the 16 <laughs> hours, 6 hours or whatever it is. But it will be a quarter of a day you will never get back in your life. So, uh, <laughs> well, apart from time, it'll be about 20 minutes in her life when she's got the fast <laughs> forward and going on it. So. <laughs> and so uh, this film you're applying for, what kind of... Genre form is it? I'm not, I don't want you to tell me the plot or anything, but it's a comedy drama, uh, uh, live action. Yeah, live action. Bit of sex in there. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. That's <laughs> what I like. To, and your partner, uh, Mr. Raba Webber. Mr. Raba Webber. Well, I don't know whether I should be saying in, he's putting in one with a bit of sex and comedy, is he? No, there's no sex and comedy. There will be comedy. It will be humour. That's it. That's yeah. good. But that's there'll good. be no sex. No sex. <laughs> no. I just, it's a cartoon. I just wonder. They have sex in cartoons. Yeah. They're always having sex in Family Guy. I know. Oh, I he loves just, that programme. I was he just loves going to mention program. Family Guy. I love Family sex Guy. Sex all the time. I do. I think Family Guy is the best disability programme on television. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is obsessed with disability big time. Yeah, it is. It's, it is quite good, isn't it? It is. It's very good. American <laughs> Dad isn't quite so good, but uh, <laughs> it, it's not bad. So, Penny. Yes. Uh, your other aspirations. My other aspiration. Well, you Aren't know, you spreading, you're spreading yourself a bit thin. I think you've got to focus on being well something or other. I, I suppose, really, I just like to get my words out there, Paul. Yeah. I want to get my words, my stories, my pieces. That's it. It's not so much about spreading myself too thin, but I do really want <coughs> to get my novel published. Mm-hmm. Please, somewhere out there in the great universe. Is this the new novel? It's not Desires. That was short, No, right. Desires was short stories. Mm-hmm. This is a novel called Fancy Nancy. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it is utterly unique. And I know I would say that. Mm-hmm. But I've looked at the markets and all that. I've had to do all that kind of stuff. And, and who's I, your target group? Educated readers. Educated readers. Yeah. Liberal, open-minded. Yes, but the same readers. people who might read. Um, I'm trying to think of. You just would read good Sarah fiction. Walters. Yeah, possibly. Mm. It's partly set in Victor- Victorian era. It sounds like a Sarah Walters novel already. And it's <laughs> set. In a Having show. said that, I've never read a Sarah Walters novel in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it's, the films. It's set in a freak show, and it's also set in contemporary um, times, and mm-hmm. you will love this, Paul. It's about the dismantling of... Well, it's about Nancy, who's trying to wedge people out of a day centre. Mm-hmm. So there's a parallel story, really. They, they kind of cross over and interlink. But it's about Nancy trying to survive in the Victorian freak show and her parallel fight to get as many people out of 
this institution. And why is it called Fancy Nancy? Because that's her name in the Victorian freak show. Right. She And it's really a play, it's a play on her name, it's a play on the word fancy, which has a particular Victorian mm-hmm. connotation, that she's a fancy woman, mm-hmm. um, and so on. But it, it's quite dark in places. It's about difference and culture and identity. Have you read that American novel about there's a guy in a freak show and they, people all cut their arms and legs off to be like him? No. You've not read that one? No. I'll, I'll have to try and look it up because I, I have read it and I thought it was excellent. Mm. Though I've no idea what it's called or it was <laughs> That's going to be hard It to was find. quite a long time ago. And it, it was an and is that novel. set in Victoria? No, it's no. set in 30s kind okay. of America. The touring freak show, mm. but it's, uh, I'd recommend it. Well, because we've only got 15 minutes left, I think we should have a. Uh, I shall play a record, which I think is a celebration of the day. So obviously the song is called "Reasons to Be Cheerful" by Ian Jury and the Blockheads. Oh yeah, well. because that, my last bit is that um, part of the project is that I'm going to be in um, resident with fittings mm. while they um, create their show, which is called Raspberry which is um, a piece which is influenced by the story of Ian Jury. And, of course, the biopic of Ian Jury comes out in January with Andy Serkis, who was Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Well, welcome to the show uh, again for the final part before we uh, leave. And on that basis, I'm going to turn Tanya's microphone off. Stop snorting and hissing, but uh, and I'm also going to turn mine off and, and I'm going to turn it over to Penny to read us another poem. Are you ready, Penny? I'm ready. Tell us the title, we can tell us a bit about it if you want, and then read it. Um, it's just a simple poem and it's called Love, it's a villanelle, which they're quite hard to write, so I'm, I'm still working on my technique for all you poets out there. But it's simple and it's called Love. I love you not for reasons that are sane. Like maths, where one and one make two, not three. Because I am mad proud to want your game. Rules and reasons are too dull and plain, and you're a changing drama like the sea. Yes, I love you, not for reasons that are sane. It's not like honey, yet has the sweetest pain. You fade and flow and then return to me. For I am mad and proud to want your game. I have felt your love inside my veins that pumps with lust and hates the enemy. Still, I love you not for reasons that are sane. In you a strength and pulse I cannot name and at your core red vulnerability. So I am mad and proud to want your game. You love me inside out and back again, revealing I'm your home, your humanity. We love, but not for reasons that are sane, because we are mad, bad, proud to love our game. Excellent. (laughs) When did you write that? Um, About a month ago. Uh, How often do you knock out a poem? I try and do maybe... That's a technical term. Yeah, knock Knock out a poem. (laughs) Well, you know, they, they kind of grow at different speeds. Paul, and you said and, uh, it was a villanelle? It's called a villanelle. And what's that mean? It's just a, it's like a poetic structure. Is it? Um, the most famous one, it, which is the Dylan Thomas one probably, Do Not Go Gently Into That Good Night. Mm-hmm. Is it Rage, Rage, Rage Against the Coming of the Night? Does it say Raging Moon in it? 
No. Mm. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. No, no, because that's, that's, that's from a Dylan Thomas poem. They read it at the beginning of the film. Mm. On, the, on that note, because we are running out of time, we've got a couple of minutes left. We were just talking about what people have said to us in the street. Uh, and so, for example, I said that I was in boots uh, and someone came up to me and put their hand on my head and said, uh, the Lord forgives your father for all his sins. <laughs> Obviously, me being the product of those uh, sins. So what, what about to you? Um, I've had someone fairly recently come up and say to me in um, a shop. Can I say the shop? Yep. Yeah, Peacocks um, in London. Uh, <coughs> and they said to me, uh, Jesus loves you. Mm. And he will save you. And I was just there trying on stiletto shoes. Right. So that was quite interesting. Oh. What about you, Tanya? <laughs> oh, I think, do you know what? I think it's something about boots, you know. <laughs> I, I think I was standing outside boots. And um, this woman came up to me and she said, um, God can save you, she said. <laughs> I said, oh, all right then. <laughs> you two are just inspirational role models. That's what it is. Oh, absolutely. That's what it is. So we we have talked also about the a couple of things coming up. So firstly, Tanya, tell us about uh, your thing at Tate Modern. Okay, it's the first sitting of the Revo- uh, Revealing Culture Head On, mm-hmm. and it is going to be um, the sitting of um, Simone Aspis, who's going to be sitting for me in um, Tate Modern mm-hmm. in the Macaulay Studios. Mm-hmm. And the session will be open for the public to come and join me and to have a go or just to interact with me in the sitter. And what's your website? And my website is www.tanyaraba.co.uk. T-A-N-Y-A-R-A-A-B-E. Yeah, or you can get me on Facebook. Facebook? Oh, you can get me on Flickr. (laughs) And what about you, Penny? You've got something coming up as well. I'm performing next week. In Brighton on the 3rd of December. The International the Day of Disabled, disabled people. people. There's a celebration on at the Dome in Brighton. And we get our own day, but they won't let us in again. Yeah, I'm doing a 10-minute slot at the end of the marvellous Liz Carr's set. Um, and I will be doing a poem, probably, about Jesus saved me in peacocks. Right. And you can Google me and you'll find my website. And what too. about your Facebook page? I'm on Facebook. You're on Facebook. Yeah, and I'm easy, pennypepper.co.uk. Don't say you're easy. We don't want to know easy that, Easy to find. I'm very not easy, <laughs> actually. Underline. You didn't need to clarify that. You didn't need to clarify that. <laughs> and so... Tanya, it's all the listings of the public sittings. Are they going to be on your website as they up and come? They are going to be on the website. They're not on yet because I'm just waiting to... little bit of little bit of permission from um, press office at Tate Modern. Right. A right, little but, bit slow. But we know that it's the 5th of January. Yeah. And you're telling... And it will soon be up on Facebook, won't it? It'll be on Facebook, it'll be on my website and it'll be on my new blog, which I've just set up yesterday. At WordPress. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. And good luck in getting the novel published. Thank you. And I, really, I look forward agent, to reading please. it. Please, agent, agent. I, I look forward to reading it. And I will yes. try and find out that book about the American freak show okay. uh, with the guy who's got no arms and legs and he gets a lot of dis- disciples who cut all their arms and legs off to be. And like look it. out look out for the portraits of Penny, me, Julia, and Caroline Cardus. Which will be coming up very soon, so I suppose I've got six seconds to say thank you for coming on the show, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, Penny. Thank you.